The passage of scripture that we'll be reading from today is found in the Gospel of Mark, chapter 1, and we're reading six verses, that's verses 40 to 45, and it's found in the Church Bibles on page 1192. It reads, And there came to him a leper, beseeching him, and falling on his knees to him, and saying to him, If thou wilt, thou canst cleanse me. But Jesus, moved with compassion, stretched out his hand, touched him, and says to him, I will, be thou cleansed. And as he spoke, straightway, the leprosy left him, and he was cleansed. And having sharply charged him, he straightway sent him away, and says to him, See thou say nothing to anyone, but go show thyself to the priest, and offer for thy cleansing what Moses ordained for a testimony to them. But he, having gone forth, began to proclaim it much, and to spread the matter abroad, so that he could no longer enter openly into the city, but was without in desert places, and they came to him from every side. Amen. So tonight I want to look at three things from this passage. Three very simple things. The first thing is that there's a serious problem. The second thing is that there is a touching solution. A touching solution. The third thing we'll see is that there is an interesting outcome. So number one, a serious solution. The solution, as we can see from the passage, is in verse 40. Sorry, the serious problem is in verse 40. And there came to him a leper, beseeching him, falling on his knees to him and saying to him, If thou canst cleanse me, the leprosy is the big problem. It'd be fair to, to probably tell you a little bit about leprosy. It's not something that we hear of today in this country. It's not something we fear. So leprosy, it's a skin condition. In countries like Nigeria, Indonesia, maybe even Brazil, it's still a problem that they have today. And People in today's day and age, I suppose, there's a thing called Hansen's, is what we call leprosy. But, but in the Bible, leprosy can be a bit more wider. It can refer to multiple uh, skin problems. So maybe somebody with psoriasis or eczema, you'd probably be considered a leper. But I need to be clear. They did know the difference between leprosy in its mild form, compared to full-blown Hansen's, what we know today, leprosy. Because they did, in the the book of Leviticus, I think Leviticus 13 and 14, they had various laws and various, um, I suppose, what to do and what not to do if somebody had leprosy. And they had a process to perform on a person if that person had it. And due to the nature of leprosy, 
in those days, because of the lack of medical knowledge as such in those days, it was a big problem, a very big problem. Physically, it was torture. When it reaches its peak, it normally leaves you smelly, stinking, it leaves you rotten with sores all over you, itchy, and it can even cause you to actually lose feeling. You begin to feel, and that can be very serious. Uh, I read a story actually about a modern day leper who lost the feeling in his feet because of all of the sores and all of the skin issues. And he woke up in the morning covered in blood by his feet. And all he was left with for his toes were little stubs where the rats had eaten it away. Where he had smelt so much where he couldn't feel the rats had literally munched away at his little piggies. That's how grim this disease was. But it wasn't just the physical effects that are the problem. It's the social aspect of it too. The social issues could even be a lot worse. If you had it, you was an outcast. You didn't have no job. You didn't have no family. You didn't have no friends. You didn't live with the rest of society. You lived outside the city. This is what it says in Leviticus 13, 46. It says, All the days that the sore, that's the leprosy, shall be in him, he shall be unclean. He is unclean. He shall dwell apart. Outside the camp shall his dwelling be. Being outside the camp is basically shorthand for today to say outside the city. You live, if you lived in Pitsy, you lived in the tip. That's the only way I can describe where the lepers lived. And that's important. I want us to remember that outside the city, outside the city, because it will come up later. It's important. But keep in mind, this disease is basically a death sentence. It was a thing that the Jews dreaded and feared because you lost everything. You were basically placing yourself in the morgue. Why am I going on so much about this? Why? What's, what's the reason? It's because we need to understand the desperation of the leper in this passage. We need to understand what he's going through. We need to know his condition and his position in life. To understand what Jesus does in this passage is so radical. What he does is something so out of the blue and out of the ordinary. And we can see, can't we, this man's need. He comes to Jesus begging, pleading on his knees. Look in verse 40. He's in a state of total desperation. And look what he says to Jesus. If thou wilt, thou canst cleanse me. It may seem like on first reading that maybe he's doubting Jesus. Can thou cleanse me? Can. Well, we know from the immediate passage before, Jesus had performed many miracles. So this guy knows in some way, shape or form, 
Jesus's power and what Jesus is, what Jesus can do. But the way to actually look at this question, it isn't can Jesus do it, it's will Jesus do it. That's his question. And it's interesting. The leper asks to be cleansed too, doesn't he? Cleanse me. Doesn't ask to be healed. It's because actually when you read throughout your Bible, you will actually notice leprosy and cleansing are always linked. They understood, the Jews, that if you had leprosy, you need to be cleansed. And everybody in, in all of the Jews at the time knew the only place where you could really be healed was from God. Mm-hmm. Who's this man speaking to? If you look actually throughout this, uh, four times in these six, in, in these six verses, there's a mention to being cleansed. Verse 40, cleanse me. Verse 41, be thou cleansed. Verse, verse 43, and he was cleansed. Verse 44, offer for thy cleansing. Surely the Bible is shouting to us that the solution for the problem is that this man needs to be cleansed. That's the solution. And he's coming to Jesus because he knows that Jesus is the man to do it. The only man who can do it. And like this man here, this is how we need to see Jesus as the solution to our biggest need. The solution, not just to this man's biggest need, but the world's biggest need. And that's that we need to be cleansed of our sin. We are the lepers in this story. We are spiritual lepers in need of cleansing. And that's what we do, like the leper. We come to him. We're pleading to him, Lord Jesus, cleanse me of this stinky, filthy, rotten little heart of mine. Mm. Honestly, guys, if I could show you a picture of my heart, it would be stinking. Mm. And that's why we come to Jesus, because he's the only one that can do it. Mm. He's the only one that we can run to, begging him. Like this man. Jesus is our only hope for cleansing. He is the solution. And we will never understand how much we really need Jesus. Until we reach that point of desperation. Until we know how deep our sin is. And we know how wonderful his forgiveness is. Mm. We need to reach that point of the leper. Where he knew what he needed to do was get to Jesus. That's the problem. Leprosy. We're spiritual lepers. Which brings me to my second point. A touching solution. We need a solution. Look at verses 41 and 42. But Jesus moved with compassion, having stretched out his hand, touched him and said to him, I will. Be thou cleansed. And as he spoke, straightway the leprosy left him, and he was cleansed. He was moved, it says, Jesus, with compassion. The solution begins with Jesus' compassion. 
with Jesus' love. You see, Jesus knew this man's struggles. He knew how bad his life was. He knew what he had gone through. And what we've got to understand about Jesus' compassion here is compassion is so strong that it actually has a sense of anger in it. Not towards the man, an anger towards what has caused this man to get to this point in his life. Jesus' compassion is so strong that he hates the injustice in the world. He hates the suffering that people go through. He hates every single thing wrong with the evil and wickedness and the curse of sin has brought on us. That's how compassionate Jesus is. He isn't a lovey-dovey. He's a I love you intensely kind of Jesus. He comes for everybody, doesn't he, Jesus? He has compassionate to the poor. He has compassionate to the lost, the widow, the paralytic. And here we see the leper. But Jesus' compassion here actually takes a bit of a step further. Don't miss what, what Jesus does here. You can easily read over it. What does he do? He touches the leper. Oh, that's a big no-no. You don't touch a leper. You don't touch the dirty, stinking leper. You avoid them at all cost. This is why what Jesus does is so radical. You see, everything a leper touches becomes unclean. Josh's charger, sorry Josh, unclean, you can't have it. Adrian's phone, touch it, unclean, you can't have it. Even their wife, touch their wife, can't have it, unclean. Everything they touched became unclean. Who does Jesus, who does he touch? Who does he make contact with? Jesus and the leper. Jesus, unclean. What Jesus is showing us here is something quite significant. He's teaching us a serious and important aspect of the gospel. You see, Jesus is... Miracles weren't just some magic tricks or some hocus-pocus that people come out with. They were done to teach us spiritual truths of the gospel. And here we see just that. As Jesus touches the leper, the leper becomes what? Clean. Jesus becomes unclean. Not literally, as we know he was pure, But he's trying to point to something. He's showing us something. And as we know, did Jesus actually have to touch him? How many miracles did we see where Jesus would just say a word? A word, poof, somebody pops up to life from the dead. He didn't have to touch the stinking leper. He could have just said, be clean. There's something significant with the touch. Something significant with his compassion. And that is the gospel in a nutshell. He's given us really in this miracle of he's given us an illustration of what Paul said to the Corinthians. Remember when Paul said him who knew not sin, he has made sin for us that we might become God's righteousness 
in him. On the cross, Jesus takes our sin. He's perfect. He's righteous. We are imperfect. We are sinners. We need him for forgiveness. And what he's showing us is that Jesus actually changes places with the leper. The dirty become clean, the clean become dirty. This is the solution to our sins. This is the solution that we're looking for. We're looking for Jesus to cleanse us. This is why week in, week out, we ask people to repent and believe. Because we understand the seriousness. We understand that Jesus is our only hope. And that we need him. We come to him. We plead with him. We beg him to cleanse us of our leprosy hearts. We are the lepers. He is the solution. And what are we asking for? Not just cleanse me from your heart, but give me your pure and perfect righteousness, Lord Jesus. And he will do it. He will do it. He will do it the same way he did it to the leper. Look, straightway, immediately, immediately Jesus will do it if you ask him for your heart to be cleansed. Not a minute later, not a second too soon. Immediately. Now you can have forgiveness. Now you can have your heart cleansed. That, my friends, is the touching solution. We've seen the problem. We've seen the solution. Now let's look at the third and final thing. The interesting outcome. Let's look down at verses 43 to 45. And having sharply charged him, he straightway sent him away and says to him, See thou say nothing to anyone, but go show thyself to the priest and offer for thy cleansing what Moses ordained for a testimony to him. But he, having gone forth, began to proclaim it much and to spread the matter abroad so that he could no longer enter openly into the city but was without in the desert places and they came to him from every side I was always interested as a young Christian when Jesus warned others not to tell people I was always interested by it because I was like when I got saved you know, Mr. Mr. Minister, Mr. Brother, why do you keep telling me to shout my mouth off about Jesus? But then Jesus tells people not to shout their mouth on it, off at him at all. It's a perfectly legit question, isn't it? But Jesus warned people not to tell others in this instance. is because he didn't want people coming to him for the wrong reasons. He was very serious with this man, wasn't he? He wants to make sure that this man, the leper, does the right thing in the law first and foremost. That's what he says. Go to the priest and make sure. And I'm sorry. Go to the priest and the priest will make sure he'll give you the yes and say 
you're clean. And then talk to nobody. Talk to no one. Go straight there. Does he do it? Of course not. Of course the plonker doesn't. He does the complete opposite, doesn't he? And the thing is, Jesus knows this is going to limit his ministry. He was getting swarmed for all the wrong reasons. He was overcrowded. And due to this man's disobedience, now he can't even enter into the cities that he wants to. To be honest, we could sit and talk a lot about this man's obedience. Could sit there and talk until the cows come home about disobedience. Come and follow me for a week, you'll see disobedience. But there's something more. There's something more to this man. You see, this is where it does get quite interesting. Where was the leper? Do we remember? Remember what I told you at the beginning? He was outside the camp. He was outside the city. Where is the leper now? He's inside the city. He's inside the camp. Shouting his mouth off, albeit, but he's inside. Where was Jesus? Inside the city. Inside the camp. Where is Jesus now? Outside the city, in the deserted places. This isn't done by mistake. The author's not just put this here for no reason. The author, the author wants us to know that Jesus has swapped places with the leper. How could this not, in any way, shape or form, point us towards the cross? Where was Jesus crucified? Mm. Outside the city. Mm. He was cast off. Why? So we could be brought near. Mm. As Jesus exchanged places with the leper, so we exchange places with him at the cross. Mm. His death brings us life. He takes away our sins and gives us his righteousness. His father turned his face away so that his father's face may shine upon us. He died outside the city so we could live eternally in a heavenly city. What Jesus has done is so great. It's so great. But unless we understand that our greatest need, first and foremost, is that for our hearts to be cleansed by Jesus, we'll never understand. We'll never get there. All we can do, really, is come to Jesus with nothing, not a penny in our hands, mm-hmm. and beg for mercy, beg mm-hmm. for forgiveness. That's all we can do. And remember... As Jesus was with the leper, he is willing. Jesus, if you want to know what business Jesus is into, it's the business of saving souls. Mm. And he is willing, with a cry of repentance, 
with a turning from your sin, chucking your arms, chucking your hands around the everlasting arms of Jesus. Mm. How can he not be willing? Mm. That's why he came. That's why he died. To cleanse us. And that's what the leper shows us. We've seen tonight, haven't we? There's a serious problem. There's a touching solution. And there was a very interesting outcome. Mm. The leper's on the inside. Jesus is on the out. I hope we can consider the things we learnt tonight. I know I've been blabbering and blabbering on and I hope that I've not bored you in any way, shape or form. But my biggest hope tonight is that we can come to know Jesus. Mm. And not just come to know him, that we would walk all the days of our life in joy and peace mm. with him. Amen? Amen. 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 Amen.